welcome back to Deep Thrones. This is an episode of Midweek Mayhem. I'm not going to do it this time. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of the mayhem of the midweek. You don't know what's coming. This time I'm not going to do true. it. That's true. That's true. That that wasn't even planned, folks. You guys are getting live no. action right here. This is live. Uh, I, of live. Course, I of course am Sims. Your host Cheaty's here as well. What's up, Cheaty? Hey. And we've got a very special recurring guest again. Uh, Colleen McMahon is joining us today. What's up, Kyle's? Hey guys, I, I actually thought about going in with my own midweek wait mayhem there since she didn't do it, but you can do it. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. We don't own the rights to the midweek. Well, do we? I, we haven't talked yeah, to our legal counsel. Come on, we own all we the own, rights. Yeah, so we would sue you. <laughs> no, thanks for being here, Kyle. You are a recurring guest. Um, as we start every episode, two things I want to say off the jump. One, Chris, again, thank you, guys. He's traveling. He's being a road warrior for us. This guy is making deals, signing checks out there in Arizona, and he's still popping in to, to be the host of our podcast. Uh, and then Colleen, too, as we start every Midweek Mayhem, you watched last week's episode, you've been watching House of the Dragon. What did you rate it? I gave it an 8, Chris gave it a 7.8. What was your rating for last week's episode, or I guess this last Sunday's episode? Yeah, so I went with a 7.5. I, I feel like there's definitely been a theme of just a lot of buildup each episode so like that's what i love and definitely get some extra points with the new actresses which i know we'll get into um which is why another reason why i really liked it so yeah we're going 7.5 agreed yeah I, I think that's very consistent with everybody um and then another thing we'd like to ask to, to all our guests what was your game of thrones experience what was your journey where did it begin yeah, so I think I started catching up on the show around season three or four, um, and I've never read the books, uh, but I do bark a lot of questions at Sims, <laughs> I feel like, majority of the time. Um, so, so yeah, I, 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 there are some spoilers, I know, because I do, like, do my own research, and sometimes I look at, like, family trees and things like that. So yeah. there's a few things I know, but ultimately, no, I really, I'm kind of going in blind for House of the Dragon. Yeah. And honestly, if you get your questions answered by me, you're basically an expert, so. Yeah, it's it's like talking to George himself. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Black George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> if George R.R. R. Martin. George R.R. R. R. Martin. Yeah, um, let's hop into this, though, because we have some stuff we want to cover. A lot of stuff came out from that episode. I think... The general gist of that episode that everyone agrees on was like, it was really well done. I think that the strong deaths and Lena's death, it's sort of, um, for some people, maybe rung a little hollow. But I think given the time they had and the circumstances, how they built it up with Vagar and how they built it up with Laris or with Lionel trying to save Harwin while Laris was doing his speech, I felt like that was really well done and it added more weight to it. Um, but we all know why they're doing it. They have to. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. And we've covered it a, a few different times. And the good news is hopefully we won't have to cover the time jump aspect as much because now that we've got the older actors, yeah, we're we're pretty much rolling ahead. There's just team. one more and it's for the children to be a little older. And then that's right. it. Uh, but while we get into this, Chris, we had a question from one of our uh, our loyal fans. Our, I wouldn't even call them fans. We call them the Deep Thrones family. Uh, Nikki Zayner, she wanted to know what Jakaris actually means. And I actually don't even know what Jakaris means. Yeah, so Jakaris in High Valyrian trans translates into Dragonfire in English. Wow. So they're, they're literally just, I mean, it's pretty non-creative, like on their Dragonfire! Oh, Dragonfire. Dragonfire. <laughs> that's what I assumed what it meant, but... 
Yeah. Uh, also, I want to shout out Nikki. She opened up a boutique out of Wheaton, Illinois. Uh, you can follow her socials at Dear Eleanor on Instagram and check out some of her collection. Awesome. But yeah, that was that was good to get some feedback there. That's a that's a paid ad. I assume. Thank you, Nikki, for the paid ad. Um, Allison, um, so let's talk about the fact that the scene that everyone was talking about at the end of last episode, which was Aegon just slapping his meat out that window like it owed him, like it owed him money, um, like 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 it was back on its payments. Uh, you know, I understood that Allison had like something she wanted to address with him, but as a mom, shouldn't she have like not charged the bed? She kind of got all up in his grill after that. That's- that was so weird, dude. Like, I look back on that scene. I, I didn't complete my rewatch because I've been kind of grinding the midnight, burning the midnight oil out here in Phoenix. But <clears throat> she, like, got up to him, touched his chest. Like, the guy was just cranking sticks seconds ago. <laughs> just and he, like, all over him. Straight out the red keep, dude. Like, I, I still don't understand the window plan there. Everything. Is it like, I mean, I got to ask from a guy's perspective, is it kind of like, don't wake up a sleepwalker, don't stop a guy jacking off kind of thing? Um, no, it's the exact opposite. Instead of being, like, violent, they turn into, like, little, like, oh, yeah, what What do you need? What are you doing? I was reading in here. <laughs> what, what's, well, going so like, what's going on? What's going on? I also kind of, like, think of the actors, the actors too, because he's a teenager in real yeah. life, and he's yeah. probably thinking Olivia Cook, like, oh, she's a babe. Now I got a fake jack off in front of her. Also, wait, she's my mom. Like, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of things going on in the kid's head as an actor, but I mean, hey, you did a pretty good job. The, the director, like the director setting that scene. Yeah, seriously though, that is you see that a lot nowadays on the interweb. Stepmom walks in on Prince. <laughs> <laughs> you hate to see it. Um, so. Chris, kids were just being kids up to this point, and that's something we need to talk about. They were just messing around. There was no actual, like, Aegon seems to like his cousins. They all seem to kind of pick on Aemond, which is, of course, his younger brother. But um, there was actually, like, no hatred toward each other. But we see sort of the impact of parenting on the kids. Yeah, it's an interesting topic, and I kind of wish, you know, I had more expertise in this area. But this is this happens in real life all the time, right? Like, Kids are typically innocent. Of course, there's some mental health issues that may uh, exaggerate some characteristics and things like that. But typically, it's the parenting or the situation that that kids are put in that kind of develop into their future aggression and things like that. Well, and I think it's cool that the show's going out of its way and not making them foes right to begin with, but to kind of show that yeah, even the kids are going to end up changing as the story goes on. Yeah, parents par- parents change everything. I mean, I know Colleen and yourself, Chris, coach, you know, uh, youth sports. Uh, Colleen coaching basketball and youth football. And I feel like youth sports are so great until the parents get involved and then the parents just ruin oh, yeah. it. Yeah, that's the worst part of it. The parents. The worst part of a child's life. The parents. You heard it here first <laughs> on the Team Strokes pod. Uh, so I want to talk about Lena uh, a little bit. She wanted to die Dragon Rider's death. I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if getting burned is one. I, I sort of, after rewatching the episode, took a little umbrage with the casting of old Lena because she looked, she did look older than Rhaenyra and Allison, but she was twelve. You know, right? That she, is it was weird, a very peculiar casting choice. I felt like I felt like they might at that point they might have just should have just kept using the younger Lena for one more episode, not the twelve year old, but the 
step up Lena, the middle, the transition Lena. Yeah, because she seemed like 19, 20. Yeah, just use her again. Make her look a little older. The war turtle Lena, not the squirtle Lena or the Blastoise, the middle Lena. <laughs> the sick Pokemon <laughs> I think, reference. I, I, I think you and I, and we've talked about Lena's death and how it was different for, in Fire and Blood than it was on the screen that we saw. So, Kyle's, I mean, what did you think of that scene? Did, did you think that it made sense? Were you compelled by her? Did it emotionally touch you? Or were you kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm just glad she went down like a warrior. Like, we saw, um, what's her name, Ama? Vasarius' first Love wife, you. obviously. Like, that was a brutally tragic scene. Like, Lena went down like a straight-up warrior, just like she wanted to. She was in basically the same situation and was like, uh-uh, I'm not going down like that. Like, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to go out on any Game of Thrones show, like, whenever a dragon is involved, I feel like that's, that's a pretty, pretty decent death. I have a question, Colleen, from the now back to you to the female perspective. I read an article the other day talking about Emma's birth, talking about even Rhaenyra's birth, or Rhaenyra's pregnancy, I guess, and Emma's pregnancy, and then now Lena's. We've seen how complicated pregnancy was. And they, they had a different take where it was, like, too gratuitous, too violent, too unnecessary. Uh, do you feel that way, too, as a woman? Or do you feel like, no, they're just bringing awareness to kind of how it was? I, I think it's partly, yeah, partly an awareness thing. I mean, that I do think a lot of it, like you said, that is how things were. Um, but it's also like people, this is a drama show. Like they're gonna, you know, they're gonna put all drama and add it to those scenes. I mean, it yeah. definitely doesn't make me excited for childbirth. Uh, <laughs> Cause if it's any remotely like that, uh, I have a big problem. I mean, I'm, I'm only, you know, a lot of people, a lot of women have like their different point of views on giving birth, like naturally what I, I I'm only going to speak for the women who, want to take all the drugs yeah. um and they didn't have that back then so all these all these birthing scenes are pretty pretty hard to watch they're rough. like yeah they're, rough. they're pretty brutal um one of my yeah one of my favorite scenes was when um Lenor came in and or said something like right after uh Renaris gave birth um and Lenor was like well, I took a lance to the shoulder once, and she was like, "Yeah, my sympathies." She's like, "My <laughs> sympathies." That yeah. was good. That, that was kind of brushed yeah. under the table. And she was like, "She was like, who's Lance?" You know, she's like, "Yeah, who's that guy?" Uh, Chris, tell us about a little bit about Aegon. This is sort of not only talks to like him being a dragon rider, but there's, there's I'm sorry, I see you still smiling there. Crack me up, but also Aegon, um, he sort of learned the efficiency of using dragons in battle. Yeah, they staying with this set in Pentos. The magister there, the prince there, I think his name was Reggio, was talking about this hey, history. Yo, yeah, Prince Reggio. I'll never forget <laughs> Prince Reggio. Hey. This history that Pentos and specifically Aegon the Conqueror had together. And before Aegon was the Conqueror, you know, he was just a regular princeling, I guess, um, next in line to be the Lord of Dragonstone. And he was riding Balerion at the time, but it wasn't the Black Dread. It wasn't that big yet. I mean, he was they were both kind of younger. Uh, Balerion was probably like in his 20s and Aegon was maybe in his teens. But, um, you know, he, he got out there. He burned an entire Valentine fleet. He actively saw the power and potential of what dragons can do. And then a few years later, he just went on to sail up the Blackwater Rush, form... King's Landing at that time it was Aegon Fort 
And, you know, I, I can't picture in my mind that those two events weren't related, right? Like he definitely saw, hey, this thing can fuck everything up and I'm pretty much untouchable up here. And I think that played a big role in his conquering the Seven Kingdoms. For sure, for sure. Um, this next bullet we wanted to talk about is the Master at Arms and typically where they are located. It just says Master at Arms typically outside of court. Yeah, I, this was just a quick thing that I kind of saw a little hole in, but, you know, Kristen Cole being the Master at Arms and being in, like, the Kingsguard and also, like, being a pretty active political member at this point in time, being, like, Allison's right hand and having been Rhaenyra's right hand, there's going to be conflicts as you're training the people in the Red Keep. And I think that we saw in, in the books that typically... Even in Game of Thrones, we saw typically those master at arms were removed from the political positions, kind of. Um, so I think of, you know, what was it Roderick Castle that was the master at arms at Winterfell? Yeah, that's who Dion uh, beheads. And, you know, Alistair Thorne was kind of removed from the political aspect. Yeah, he was a seasoned, uh, you know, knight at, at the wall, but he was also like a pretty straight edge, like no bullshit type of guy. Yeah. He's not going to play any of that court type games whereas we see Kristen Cole is clearly picking favorites and I think that's a pretty obvious conflict of interest yeah that's great no it's all, all really good points and now we want to talk a little bit about just the actors the acting switch because that obviously is quite jarring for a lot of people um and House of the Drag the House House the Dragons built the name of that like HBO show that discussed all this stuff is a must watch you get all this information uh, Miguel Sapochnik mentioned that Rhaenyra, Alicent, Lena, and Lenor interacted heavily with each other during that 10-year jump. I mean, to yeah. say that, I think, in that, and that, but if it's not on the show, it doesn't happen. You know? Right. Well, are we supposed it's, to assume it? It's it's difficult, and especially since we didn't have this viewing experience before in the Westeros setting, it's hard to kind of, to kind of, like, accept that. Yeah. I do think that if you haven't watched that behind the scenes, the house that the dragons built yet, I think this is one that's pretty critical to watch so you can kind of bridge that gap. They did a good job at kind of putting all the different actors and actresses that played the same roles on the screen yeah. so that you can see kind of the continuity. Um, Kyle, have you, have you checked out the behind the scenes stuff yet or no? So I only watched like the last like 10 minutes after the credits and the sneak peek from next week. Is that what you're talking about? Or is there like a separate thing on HBO? Yeah, so there's there's a if you click on the episode on HBO Max, there's bonus content that shows up underneath, and it's called the House That the Dragons Built. And this one I think was 24 minutes. The first 10 minutes really are the critical parts where they explain the time jumps yeah. and the actual changes. So I, I would definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't. But we learned a lot of cool stuff, like uh, Olivia Cook actually originally read for Rhaenyra and was astonishing. So that's why yeah, they kind of I did not her. know that, and yeah. I can't really picture it no especially olivia cook i think has dark hair in real life and i'm a darcy does too but i think since the first time i ever saw her in anything was as rhaenyra you know but apparently emma crushed the audition and uh, a quote that came from it was that rhaenyra is a force of nature that set everything into motion for danny colleen what do you think of um the actor jump obviously it needed to happen i feel like uh rhaenyra needs to be older uh allison needs to be older because now we're going to have actors playing their kids who are like the age the younger actors were but what do you think of uh, Emma D'Arcy and Olivia Cook so far? One episode, way too early hot take. I mean, absolutely so far they're killing it. Um, something interesting I read about that was that 
the actresses, the older versions and the younger versions actually were recommended to not really have too many conversations with each other off scene, which at first I was like, why would they not do that? But then I realized like, it's a 10 year jump. Like their personalities are going to change. They're going to evolve as people. And it's also interesting too, to like see the actors have their different takes on the characters. I mean, Allison's probably changed more than Rhaenyra, but I don't know. I I thought they're, I thought they first episode, I thought they both absolutely killed it. I agree. Rhaenyra's always kind of had that brazen confidence that she'll get away with anything. But Allison now is like full in full throttle going hard in the paint, doesn't care that her son was just whacking ham out the window. She's got to tell him what's up, which I I appreciate. Um, Yeah, that's the thing. That's what they say. Elsa, literally, according to Chris's notes, is the character that changed the most. Uh, And Emily Carey, uh, I thought, did a great job as well. I thought she was an amazing actress as Allison. Everyone was all up on Millie Alcock as Rhaenyra. She did fantastic, but Emily Carey, man. Yeah, and that's actually something I did want to touch on, too, is because I at the first couple episodes of your guys' podcast, like, Shidi, you definitely kept, like, having Allison's back and just defending her as a character and people hating on her. But from the beginning, I viewed her kind of journey very similar to Sansa Stark. Like, started in the beginning, very young, very naive, not as annoying as Sansa was in the beginning, but kind of didn't really know exactly how to play the game and she was kind of thrown into everything her dad left she was on her own she had to figure everything out by herself and by the end of game of thrones sansa became you know some of people's favorite characters and allison's getting smarter and you can see that in this yeah. ten jump. she's it, already changed so much and it scares it scares all those rhaenyra stands like chris it scares them how smart <laughs> allison is and how good I at the game say, she i is. am a black i am team black but I don't know, Allison. It's like I said, the one episode in, she's she's growing on me. I'm just so about my money. I can't be anything but Team Greens. You know what I'm saying? Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, I, I think I think it's a kind of a, a credit to the actors and actresses that we are already kind of gray, and we've talked about this a ton of times. But you know, your your opinions as we watch the show are going to change on these people, and that's that's and they're valid. Design. Yeah, and so I'm I'm really excited to see how these how these actors and actresses doing this role, and I thought this was a good kickoff for the older ones. I agree, I agree. Agreed. And Chris, we sort of touched on this, and this was our take, but it's a confirmed take. This is an official confirmed take, folks. Get the soundbite ready. Uh, Kristen Cole purposely baited Harwin Strong with the comments, just trying to get Harwin to beat his ass. Yeah, I mean, you you called it right off the bat. You know, I. On, on the rewatch, I'm sure that's like something that you could pick up on pretty easily. But as you're watching the first time, you're taking everything in. I mean, keen eye, man. Good, good call. We, we need the soundbite. Confirmed take. You know what the thing, though, is that Kristen Cole, the episode before, literally just beat a guy to death the same way. So it's sort of weird that he used that strategy. Because what if he got beaten to death? That he, I mean, he literally just did that. Well, he had, he had all his homies around, though. I don't think that's he, true. Uh, that's he, true. Yeah, I don't know. Christian Cole, for me, took a complete 180. For everybody. He, I mean, talk about a salty guy who got denied. Like, it's been 10 years, guy, bro. Get over it. Like, unless yeah. Renier was that days. good in the sack, which, I, I, you know what? Maybe she was. No. But, like, no. 10 years. No, no way. <laughs> Not packing any heat. Come on. It might have been 10 years, but that Renier is timeless. That's <laughs> 
that Renosi's time. If you guys learn nothing else from today's episode of Deep Thrones, the Renosi is hashtag timeless. Let's get that trending. Uh, Chris, what did you think of of the bo- of the boys, the the strong boys, and of well, are are, are we not supposed to call them the strong boys? Rhaenyra's yeah, children. That's heresy, dude. That's, that's Rhaenyra's treason. children and Allison's children. They kind of were tight. They were just horsing around, engaging in dude. some mild horseplay, sword fighting. It- it goes back to what we were talking about toward the beginning of this episode. The, the kids are inherently innocent. You know, you, you can call a kid a bastard, right? That's not on them. It doesn't like, we saw it with Jon Snow. These Some the, kids are these assholes. People, these people in the in this setting, this Westeros medieval setting, they think because the kid was born with light skin and dark hair that that's a sinful kid and it's a bastard and he's going to be a bad person. But these kids are just hanging out and having a good time. They don't understand the implication of implications of what's going on, right. the drama with their parents. And it's, like I said, it's cool to see that, you know, where we skip on character development with maybe Elena Valerian or a Harwin Strong, they aren't really skipping details on other aspects. So it, it's kind of a give and take, right? Which yeah. kind of sucks, but um, at the same time, we don't want to be watching a drawn-out story that's boring. And that'll, I think, make it more tragic because soon these kids will be very aware of the implications that they're involved in, and their sort of world as they know it will go from fun and playful and being kids to, like we saw Aegon, he was just trying to get in his midday sesh, and his mom interrupted it to fucking tell him he's got to steal his half sister's throne. I mean, that's a that's a hard day for a young man, you know. That's a lot on the guy's shoulders. Yeah, that's. Honestly, that's a lot of loads, a heavier load on the poor boy's shoulders. Um, one more thing I wanted to bring, bring up is that this just says Matthew Needham, who plays Larry Strong, is creepy AF. Now, are you saying Larry Strong is creepy AF or Matthew Needham, no. who plays Larry Strong, is creepy I AF? I was actually like, oh. when I was listening to the actual actor, Matthew Needham, speak, he sounded just, I don't know if he's a method actor. We should, someone look into that, but... He sounded just as creepy, like he was naturally Larry Strong. Well, he's he's just got that very take my strong hand vibe. Yes. <laughs> just like slimy. Yes. Yeah, he is. A, he's a he's a snaky fellow, and I do like him. The guy who plays Harwin and the guy who plays Lionel have been like sharing pictures of each other on Instagram, and they're all just doing like hashtag how strong, hashtag how strong. It's so cool. But also, Larry's killed you too. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You know, have a little self self respect. Um, hashtag how strong. Hashtag RIP. Hashtag new lord of how strong. Yeah, and then I have a question, sort of, that I'll pose to both of you. Actually, Colleen, I'll start with you. Um, do Do you think that the the acting is, of course, great? But do you think the acting being really, really good brings a little bit of levity or maybe even more intenseness to the scenes? I mean, obviously, I think sometimes with young actors, and I think that a lot of people joked about. Amelia Clark and John and Kit Harrington's acting because they were very young when they started, but I feel like the acting in this one's been strong, so the scenes carry more weight, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, the only two people I ever saw in something before this show were Otto, and I, I was so excited for Matt Smith. The second oh, I yeah. knew he signed on, um, I watched him in The Crown. He plays a young Prince Philip, so different kind of prince, definitely. R.I.P. to the realist, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think especially looking back to like the first two first seasons of game of thrones when you compare to some of those younger actresses actors and actresses i mean there there's definitely a huge difference and um you know i think you can tell too a little bit i mean the younger allison and renair's 
did amazing, but you can also, you can tell a little bit of difference with the time jump too, but yeah. your Viserys's, your Otto's, your, um, your Damon's like, yeah, you can, those actors are just on another level. Yeah, I agree. Chris. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was well said. Um, the only thing that I would add is that in season one of Thrones, we did have some of those more tenured actors that kind of bring the young ones along. And then they pretty much all got killed off within the first two seasons. So yeah, pretty pretty similar, except the traje trajectory that we're seeing in House of the Dragon now is much more expedited. Yeah. And I have a just a quick, quick thing I want to say about what we saw in the episode seven sneak peek. I'm going to kind of just power through it. If you guys are, would uh, yeah. bear with me. There, we see a Valerian funeral. Uh, we see that Damon and Rhaenyra seem very tight with the Valerians. There's a cat's paw daggers in the mix quite a bit. It's very active. Uh, of course, the famous scene from the trailer 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 where Alicent is holding it up against Rhaenyra. Uh, someone steals Vagar. Alicent, of course, attacks Rhaenyra with that cat's paw dagger. Otto's hashtag back. We're all very excited about that. I know I am. I cannot wait. Hottest moment's going to be his first scene, guaranteed. Heard it here first. Um, we didn't see any Viserys in the sneak peek. And I, did we see any Lenor in the sneak peek either? We we did we I think we saw a scene of Lenor sword fighting. Okay. So I'm assuming Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes for him. Hopefully yeah. good. Uh but Viserys is not in the trailer. Now, he has to be in the next episode. That's just a fact. Right. But they don't show him, so he might be really gooey at this point. Yeah, I mean my thought was that he was gonna die like right at the end of the season, but he is just not looking good. <laughs> like I don't know if he's gonna make it to episode ten at this point. I, I tend to agree with you. I think him not being active in that trailer means he's taking a much more passive and, um, you know, old, useless role. Might be point. bedridden, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which we know. I mean, once he kicks the bucket, that's when all hell is just going to break loose. So oh, yeah. I don't want him to die. However, at the same time, like, I'm ready for the fan. Yeah, I'm ready for him to die. He's ready. He's got to oh, go. Okay. He's got to go. It's enough's enough. Enough's enough this week, Rule. We need some A-God. We need A-God's blood in there. Ew. Yeah, dude, he, he's got different fluids getting in the mix. Dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect. That's my king, all right? It's natural. It's beautiful. Everyone does it, Chris. He's a young man. You leave him alone. Um, and that brings us to our final segment. We're doing... Uh, well, wait, Chris, quickly. Colleen, did you have questions? You, you said you had a few questions you wanted to ask us. We get, we're making great time. Why don't you ask us a few questions and we'll see. If yeah, we they're, I mean, they're kind of straightforward. They're just very miscellaneous. So I can just kind of fire them off. No problem. Um, if any of them stump us, we'll just edit them out. So <laughs> why, why, I understand obviously why Helena wasn't, you know, sword fighting because she's a woman, but why wasn't she in the dragon pit training? So Helena, in, in my, in my, uh, I guess, kind of, I don't even want to say experience because it's different sources and fire and blood and then the screen kind of plays it different. But in my interpretation, they are kind of making her an autistic slash dreamer slash, you know, almost green seer-esque where, yeah. it, you know, Viserys had some of the tendencies growing up, but he obviously was more jovial and social and things like that. Helena is completely- She's less uh, social. She's more social, like inside her own thoughts and, yeah. and dreams. And I think she's going to continue to have some foreshadowing and predict things that are going to happen. Well, and that kind of goes into my second question too. Like, are there, like we see um, 
what's the second son's name? Amon and one of Damon's daughters that like just aren't binding to a dragon. Does it always happen at some point or are there times where like a Targaryen won't bind with a dragon? Yeah, there are times that it doesn't happen. So you Been have there. One, one, of th- one of three <laughs> options. You're gifted one at, at around birth and then it hatches and it's bound to you. Or you have to bind yourself to one and train either a wild dragon or one that's been tamed before. And then three, it just doesn't work out. So the example of that is Viserys from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there was a lack of dragon's eggs at that point in time, but he was one that never got one. A lot of the later Targaryens were suffered from the lack of dragon's eggs. But um, yeah, sometimes it just sometimes it just ain't meant for it. Sometimes you know? it just don't don't work. Yeah, that would suck. Um, all right, random question: Was is Renares was she like in love or had feelings for Harwin or because they didn't really show like her finding out he died or was that like I think that'll be early next time. Transaction? No, (laughs) I think that they like. I think there was love there. I think they liked each other because I could tell like they were looking at each other, but I didn't know if it was just like, oh, you're the father and kind of thing. And I was just curious about that. I think mentioned in the books. I think the way that he was like in her chambers and he's like the commander of the city watch, like he had no excuse to be there, is a sign that he cared for them. Uh, They just had to play it the way they did, which makes obviously. But again, this is what we were talking about, where it's one of those things that feels a little hollow because we didn't have that payoff. Right, but. You know, it, it kind of is what it is at this point. Now it's just about moving forward and just kind of knowing that that was there. And I feel like it will drive hatred for Laris going forward too, which is good because because that Matthew Needham's a piece of shit, according to Chris. Dude, he's 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 like the definite. He's coming in as the slipperiest boy in the game at this. No point. way! It's Otto. Come on, how dare you? Slippery. The guy's gonna, got a club I, foot. I was not gonna slip and kill his whole family. No, well, yeah, he needs him. I, I agree. It goes uh, Laris or That's, Laris. All right, so that's good. So that's uh, that was all your questions, Colleen. You're good on we answered them all. Yep. All right, fantastic. Um, so that brings us to our final segment today, which is we thought, you know, what's something people don't do enough of in the fall, and that's travel, go on vacation. So we decided each one of us was going to pick our own vacation spot in Westeros. We would love, or in the world, not even Westeros, could be Essos, could be Southeros, could be whatever is west of Westeros, wherever you want to go on vacation so colleen guest first tell us where you want to go what you'd want to do there things you'd want to see yeah so i I feel like i picked a pretty obvious one um but i went with dorn just because it's most southern the warmest i'm a beach girl so i need that hot weather um so for my itinerary um, so first we'll wake up to a beautiful morning in dorn i have some breakfast on a balcony with the beach view Uh, Then maybe hit the mountains, go for a hike, maybe even go horseback riding. Um, Through the Dornish marches? Wait, what is the northern uh, hills there called? Yeah, that's the marches. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Um, And then, so it's on a peninsula. So, you know, later in the day, go on a nice boat ride, maybe catch the sunset uh, on the coast. Uh, then later in the night, uh, I thought maybe, you know, hit dinner and a show. So for my show, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but I think the what this show needs right now is your guy, uh, Maury Povich. So we're going to a show called uh, Gregor Povich, wow. which is uh, wow. a descendant of Maury. Um, so we're going to get the Sares and we're, or no, I'm sorry, we're going to get Ramirez and we're going to get 
um Lenore. Lenore on there and harwin and find out who that father is wow. um, so that's that gonna be, be that's so gonna be a live show yeah um really get the people going and then uh to kind of end the <laughs> night off you know dorn they're really known for their kind of sexual fluidity and everything so it got gotta hit the brothels at that point for sure. get, just get a little a nice nightcap you know red. a dornish red get a dornish red wine and just kick it in the brothels exactly yeah, yeah. Gregor, sir. So, uh, are, so yeah, that would yeah. be my day in Dorn. Yeah, Sir Laner, you are not the sire. <laughs> <laughs> the sire. It is just like, yeah, I know. There's the people in the crowd are just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man, that's great. Uh, Colleen, that was above and beyond what I expected. Yeah, wow. Well, I, I really half asked mine in comparison. Well, I mean,. Yeah, yeah, I'm a planner, so yeah, that's fantastic. I plan the whole day. I I use the word the word itinerary, and then you come with an actual itinerary. That's oh, amazing. I literally have like yeah. morning, afternoon. That honestly night. sounds like an amazing vacation. Um, uh, Chris, I I could go next if that's cool. Snuck yeah, mine yeah, out. Really. Yeah, mine. Honestly, I want to go north of the north. I want to go beyond the wall. I want my vacation to be in the land of always winter. And the only spot and the only look we had at this in Game of Thrones was when the Night King turns that baby into a walker. That's where the Land of Always Winter was. A couple things. One, I'm a big winter sports guy. Uh, skiing, snowboarding, snowmobiling. It'd be fun as shit up there. I'd love to hang out. Uh, it's sort of like Amsterdam, except with even less laws because there's no laws north of the wall. So you could do whatever you want. There's no lines to wait for anything because everyone's dead. So it's not like they have to go to the bathroom. Uh, kicking it with the, oh, in that song. You know that song? It's like, I'm blue, da ba dee da ba I'd be I'd be singing that to the Night King, and he'd probably smile. He'd think it's hilarious. He'd be like, all right, he'd be like, you're right, I I am blue. You're karaoke, right. yeah. Bust out in a dance routine. So I just feel like that would be fun. Just hang out with those guys. Maybe he still has Viserion in the mix. We're kicking it with him. We got the little ice dragon. He's got his his silly like little army of the dead because I I the army of the dead I think is actually kind of cute when they got those skinny little bone ankles and the big boots. Is cute the word videos? Some of them are. Some of them are like cuter than others. Yeah, well, it's like know, it's they're, like not, they're not threatening anymore. They, we saw how easily they were defeated. So yeah, fine. I would tell him. I'd be like, you guys don't even realize. Like, I would want to go obviously when they were still alive, and I'd tell him, like, you don't want to fuck with the king of the north. His little sister's gonna stab you. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a little chilly out there, but but the drinks are always cold, and it's like you ever see those bars that are like igloo bars. Mm. That's just everywhere up there. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah those do look cool. See, just, a girl that looks like Egret rolls up. You know, we're all good. Or like those those glass igloos that they build that are like hotel yes. rooms. Those are really cool looking. Or too. those like ice sculptures. Oh, we're just like doing shots off the Night King. Cause I bet he's cold. Off off what part off of where? Well, his crown, his head is like like a big bowl, oh, kind of. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Oh. We're doing shots off the Night King. <laughs> you and Lena are doing shots yeah. off the Night off King. Off the Night King. Let's do it. So my shots right out of the belly button. I do it. You know, we're we're going back to the warm weather. You know, probably the hottest weather to ever exist. We're gonna take a trip down to Valeria. Old wow. Valeria. Wow, old Valeria. So this is before the doom. Well, no. Okay. No, we're, no, we're not time. We time hopped last last week. We'll we'll stay in current times. What, isn't now. this where all the grayscale guys live? Hey, listen, we're flying in red skies. It's going to be beautiful. The sunset is literally always happening. Yeah, you might get some smoke coming out of some mountains, but, but that's no big deal. You can get through that. 
you'll have maybe some uh, volcanic ash, maybe some actual lava going on. But again, it's the warm weather. You know, you're enjoying it. You bring your wife. It's going to be a good time. You know, we're having a good time. You get you get maybe some stone men going on, but they're just they're just they're misunderstood. People don't get them. You know what I, I mean? I don't understand. This is a war. Chris is like, you know where I'd love to vacation? The Donbas region in Ukraine. It would be beautiful this time of year. <laughs> You know, it, listen, it's just misunderstood. There might be a couple dragon's eggs there. You can come back with a nice souvenir. You know, pe- people just don't understand that Valeria is got it going on, you know, and, and we just need to go back to our roots, maybe learn, take some high Valerian classes and, and we're all set. What would you, what would be like a nighttime activity? Like hanging, you hitting the, hitting the clubs with the grayscale boys? Probably just, probably just trying to survive is probably the... <laughs> Colleen is doing Colleen is doing horseback riding and she's technically I think mine also I'm judging you but mine is technically hanging out with walkers and whites and they would rip me apart so yeah so what's more fun brothels in Dorne uh drinking with the white walkers or trying not to die Yeah, plus the grayscale guys touch you, and then you have grayscale, Chris. So that sort of sucks. Well, that, that's that's subjective. I mean, Damon didn't get it when he touched the person with grayscale. That's true. That's true. Damon Damon dodged that. Um, and technically, so, we're tr- we're just trying to survive every single day. So I mean, you know, we're true. all kind of living my vacation. No big deal. True. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I think, you know what we're going to do when this episode releases tomorrow? We'll put a poll up on the Deep Thrones at Deep Thrones Pod Instagram and we'll say, Colleen's vacation, Sheedy's vacation, Sims's vacation. Which would you rather take? Keep in mind, if it's not favorable, I'll delete it. <laughs> if the results aren't Let what I'm looking for. Let the viewers know. Yeah, if, it's, if the results aren't what I'm looking for, it's going to get deleted. I feel like making a case for myself, come on, guys, but north of the wall, it's so mysterious, it's so fun. You, you already made your case. True. True. All right. Well, anyone got anything else? Anything you want to throw out there? Well, thanks, Carl's, from joining us. Um, always great to have recurring guests on. So thank you very much for your time. Reoccurring. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, guys. Yeah. No, we always appreciate you coming on. Um, Chris, you got anything else? Just the usual like share subscribe tell your friends uh, continue to interact with us we love the engagement yeah um, at deep thrones pod i think on twitter instagram and tiktok and yes, um allison hit me up let's go do shots off the night king